Hi, Gap Year Universe. I'm Julia Rogers. And I'm Margot Brookfield. Welcome to Gap Year Radio, the show that brings you information and inspiration to plan a life-changing Gap Year adventure. So, Margot, I was able to catch up with Franny Yetameva, a senior at Mount Holyoke College, who you know because she's an ARC alum, but she also yes. took a gap year um, before college that combined political work, travel, and study abroad. So she worked with Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016 on both ends of her gap time, so the, in the summer after high school graduation, and then again after two semesters worth of travels, because she spent a semester with ARC in East Africa, and then a semester in Italy at University of Rome. So she had a really wide-ranging gap year, but we focus on the political aspect of it mostly on this, on our chat. Which is such an important piece, especially as you know, this year being an election year. And I think Franny, just knowing how passionate and independent and strong of a person she is, I know that she has a lot of great insights to share about that. And I actually first met Franny Oh gosh, four and a half years ago, almost five years ago, because as you mentioned, she was an alumni of our ARC East Africa program, and I was an instructor on one of ARC's other semesters. And so we met at orientation, and uh, one of my close friends was actually her instructor for that semester. So I feel like it's been fun to follow along on Franny's explorations post-gap time and through college, and uh, she's helped me out at some gap fairs in the Boston area, and so I'm excited to hear more about all she has to share in terms of the political experiences that she's had working on those campaigns. Yeah, and her uh, gap year political work set her up really well for her subsequent experiences, and she has quite a resume, but she it includes uh, working for Senator Elizabeth Warren and on the Council of Foreign Relations. So it's really, you know, we wanted to talk about her gap time experiences because they, she represented, uh, she was volunteering on Hillary Clinton's campaign, and then she, uh, she returned as an intern. So she came with those experiences from the gap year perspective, and then she also has these experiences as more of a intern or staffer for these other organizations. Organizations. And that's really important because she t- gives a lot of advice for students who want to get involved either in campaign work for this election year or also in activist and cause related work, which is really important because um, as friends of the podcast know, we're promoting a particular website, which is election2020gapyear.com, which is a free resource for anybody who wants to access it and c- includes all sorts of information about how to get involved on, in local, state, or federal elections, how to work for causes that you believe in on your gap year in with the lens that this is a really, really important election year. And also knowing, you know, as as we were just chatting about, um, Julia, the much uncertainty kind of in the world right now, given our current um, global state and just knowing that there are things like this that could be a great fit for a gap year if maybe your your other plans are being altered because of, of the pandemic and being able to get involved in something that you believe deeply in and that could have some long lasting change and impacts. So I think it's a, a well-timed conversation and, and a really interesting piece for students who are looking at taking a gap year in this 2020 season. Definitely. I I like to think that our election is a certainty this year. Uh, so, uh, yes. I, yes. <laughs> I guess nothing is certain at this point, but we can certainly hope that that will continue as planned. Exactly. And Franny does talk a little bit about um, online opportunities. So whether you're able, we're able to eventually do things in person again, or if it's going to be some more virtual um, opportunities, there, there really is a wide range of ways to get involved, which we'll go over and which the website, which is um, in the show notes as well, will help you guys uncover as well. Awesome. Well, I am excited to tune in. Um, So thank you everyone for listening and let's get started.
Rennie, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk with you. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Brani is almost graduating from Mount Holyoke College this year. She graduates May of 2020, so she's finishing up her last months of college remotely, and she took her gap year about five years ago now. So we are going to be hearing about what Franny did in, involved with politics during her gap time, as well as what she's done subsequently um, in the political sphere and the activist sphere since then. So Franny, why'd you take a gap year? Yes. Um, so I was actually thinking about this because my cousin um, is going through the college application process and I was looking back at, you know, being a senior in high school. And uh, so I got into my, I got into Mount Holyoke and I was excited to go and I went to Accepted Students Day. And I just remember looking around and thinking, you know, this is, I'm not ready for this. I need to go, I need to go see the world. I need to do a few more things. I need to hear people's stories um, and not from a textbook. Um, you know, I really want to, I knew I wanted to do something in politics and international relations, but I was really interested in that time at, um, in development work. Um, and so I wanted to go to sort of the epicenter of where development work often goes wrong, which was East Africa. Um, you know, a lot of the time aid and development work at, get messed up there. So I wanted to go through mm. a program that really worked um, with people on the ground, you know, local local communities who were uh, doing important development work and sort of understand how that could be done well. Um, and then I also wanted to understand more about um, EU politics. I had studied a little bit about it in high school, um, but I wanted to really go on the ground. And so I decided to go um, to Rome to study at the American University of Rome for a year and focus on that. Um, but so, so my decision was really inspired by the fact that I wasn't ready to go straight to college. Um, and I really wanted to root my passion for politics and international relations and real world experiences. And so I had planned these two sort of big semester programs, like one semester, second semester. Um, but then I was confused on what to do during the summer. Um, and so at that time, it was about April. So this time five years ago, which is a little bit crazy. Um, I watched Hillary Clinton um, announce that she was running for president. And she did it in a really amazing YouTube video. And I just remember being so excited about that. And I, so it was in the back of my mind. I was like, I want to work for Hillary. OK, but how do I do that? This seems so out of my reach. And then one day I checked my email. I was on her you know, broad email list. And um, I got this mass email that said, do you want to be a fellow? And I was like, what is a fellow? <laughs> yes, I, I would love to be a fellow, but I have no idea what that <laughs> means. Um, and so I looked up the guy who sent the email, clearly like a mass email sent to millions and millions of people. And it happened to be somebody who my longtime friend was also friends with. And so weirdly through that, I got connected with, um, with this individual who uh, was working in Manchester, New Hampshire. And I just said, yes, 100%, please let me know what I can do. I'm, I'm free, you know, May 15th. And um, I think I, I just went and started working for Hillary Clinton's campaign in New Hampshire. I, I started off totally as a volunteer. Um, and yeah, so, so that's sort of how that all happened. That's so cool. So your gap time, like kind of experiencing the world then kind of like fed this desire to like stay involved and, you know, especially for someone whose campaign you really believed in. Yeah, I mean, it, it all I I decided to take a gap year because I really wanted to see the world, and I know that sounds so cheesy, and a bunch of people sort of roll their eyes when when you tell them that. But I think, you know, there's something very different about hearing people's stories on the ground and from real world scenarios as opposed to reading about it from a textbook or talking about it in a lecture or seminar. And I think those experiences really fuel the seminar in in a way that, you know you're inspired to 
you know, go into, you know, more interesting subjects or you're inspired to research something that you hadn't researched before because somebody somewhere told you about it. And so those real world experiences, I think, fuel academic work in a really unique way, which is why I think a lot of people decide to take gap years. And that's definitely part of the reason why I decided to take a, a gap year. But the political work was actually kind of, I fell into it. I mean, I had, I didn't really know uh, what political work look, looked like. Um, I didn't, I wasn't involved in high school at all, um, you know, so I really sort of fell into it. And um, it was sort of a filler for my, the, you know, start and end of my gap year. But it actually, when I look back, um, my work on the Hillary campaign was what inspired so much other work in, you know, throughout my college career. Yeah, and we'll definitely get to some of that because as uh, the listeners will know, and I think most people would know, uh, this is currently another presidential election year, which is one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you on the show, because I think that there's a certain energy that comes with election years and to a certain extent midterm elections as well. So what was it like working on the Clinton campaign and what was your what were your duties as a volunteer? And then how did you kind of build up towards being um, a, a fellow or an intern? Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, so I emailed this uh, this contact of mine. Um, he wasn't even a contact. I mean, it was just a really, it was random that I had a family, you know, a, a friend connection with this individual, and I just said, you know, I'm free at this time, and I'm I'm willing to come. And uh, they basically said, you know, yes, absolutely, we'll we'll give you volunteer housing and uh, just come along. I mean, I got no, you know, there wasn't much detail, there wasn't a how-to guide, so I just packed up my Subaru and I drove to Manchester, New Hampshire, somewhere I had never been before. And I remember arriving in the campaign office. This was in Manchester, which you know is a is a beautiful town, but it's you know New Hampshire is a really complicated purple state where you could be walking down the street and see a Hillary sign, a uh, Trump sign, a Bernie sign. I mean, all in the same street. You know, you have so New Hampshire is a really interesting place to start uh, a political journey, um, especially as somebody who didn't really know much about how politics worked. Uh, you know, especially campaigns. And so I remember, anyway, so I walked into this office and I don't know if listeners would have watched this movie, but The Devil Wears Prada, where <laughs> it's the opening scene where Miranda Priestly is, is coming in and the whole office is going kind of crazy. And so everybody was running around, you know, post-it notes were flying, you know, people were, were on the phone frantically getting ready for something. And finally, when I tracked somebody down, they said, you know, okay, here's a phone number, you know, here's a list of phone numbers to call, and here's what you're going to say. I said, why is everybody freaking out? What's going on? And then finally, somebody says, you know, Hillary Clinton is coming tomorrow. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. You know, so I, I mean, first day on the job, I'm like calling a bunch of people, inviting them to this event. And I really, I mean, so I was just thrown into the deep end of this uh, sort of work. And then um, my first duties, I mean, so I was quote unquote of a fellow, um, but really I was just a complete volunteer. Um, and I did anything and everything they asked me to do, whether that was, you know, canvassing um, in remote areas, phone banking, you know, helping events. And actually at this event, my first task for the Clinton campaign, um, I was captain of ice cream. So I literally <laughs> scooped, ice, <laughs> I literally scooped ice cream for attendees of this uh, event where Hillary was speaking. And that is like the lowest of the lowest things that you could do on a campaign. <laughs> but but the resume, the resume blurb is amazing. Captain of ice cream. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I mean, what all this to say, you know, I could have said, you know, scooping ice cream, are you kidding me? I've, I've you know, come all this way to scoop ice cream. No, like the, 
you know, when you're given any task, even if it's as a volunteer, I think what's really important and what I learned really quickly is if you do the task really well and you are very grateful for whatever task you're given, slowly but surely you are given more responsibility, right? And I think especially on a campaign, you know, there's so many different layers of work and um, you know the hierarchy of a campaign is is sort of set within any space you're with any you know within any campaign or movement that you're working on um, and so if you come in at the very bottom there's it's unlikely that within a cycle you're going to move to the very top but it is likely that you might move you know three three or four levels mm-hmm. and but you're only going to be able to do that if you have you know a good relationship with the team that you're working with and if you've clearly demonstrated that you're interested passionate, driven, and are willing to do literally anything if that's grabbing coffee, changing printer paper, you know, printing out things at Staples, running lunch orders, you know, anything. Um, so I think that's that's what I learned really quickly from being ice cream captain, because actually at the end of that day, I got to take a picture with Hillary Clinton. So, um, <laughs> yes, and, and, you know, more than that, I got to, it was my first experience really talking to uh, voters, you know, people would would come and get their ice cream scoop, and some of them were undecided. They were like, "I'm, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm all about Hillary, but you know, are you with the campaign? You know, tell me, tell me what you do." And so that was also an opportunity for me to to, to talk to you know Granite State voters and uh, you know get my first experience really talking about and you know on the behalf of a campaign. Yeah, really cool. And and what a like amazing experience to have to cap off your gap time. And then were you did, were you still with the campaign through the election and in, in, in any capacity even after you had started school? I came in in 2015, so before my before I went to East Africa. Um, and so I worked for the campaign in at the beginning, at the very beginning. So this was gotcha. before. I think I think this was even before Bernie Sanders join the campaign like I think this was way before everything I mean it was at that time I didn't even know who Bernie Sanders was <laughs> I was just you know completely working for Hillary Clinton and then throughout my time in East Africa and uh, my time at the American University of Rome the campaign was obviously building and, and moving and then when I came back I went back to New Hampshire but at this time I was a headquarters intern in Concord mm. um, and that work was a little bit more um, you know, focused. I was helping senior staff. Um, I was doing more da- more data stuff. I was helping with you know recruiting people for full time jobs. Um, I was still doing phone banking and canvassing work, but that was more on the side. Um, so that that's when you know that's also I think a, a testament to um, the importance of having mentors and having um, really good relationships with the people you work with because that's what campaigns are all about is who you know and. Um, how much they know you and how much they know, you know, what you're willing to do and, and how hard you're willing to work. And luckily I was able to build some of those relationships. And I think that's why I was able to return um, in the summer of 2016 after my, after my gap year. That makes a lot of sense. So in your, like in your own words, what's your pitch to, to young people this year as to why they should get involved at the, you know, in the national elections or state or local elections? Like, why do you think this is such a critical year for people? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. You know, I think in whatever, in whatever direction you go, whether that's climate justice or census work or arts, like, right, whether you're really committed to, um, you know, art programs or development work or political work, I think in a few years, 
people are going to ask what you did. And no matter what field you go into, hindsight will be on 2020. And I think that's really important to remember, right? Because when your kids ask you, mom, like, you know, I'm, I'm studying US immigration history. They were putting kids in cages. Like, what, what, what did you do? What did you think? I think this is so beyond the way we ask our parents about Watergate and Nixon. I think mm -hmm. this, is, this is just different. It's unprecedented. And so I think the first pitch is just to say, you know, what side of history do you want to be on? And that's not to just say, like, we need to get rid of Donald Trump, because I think for some people, for some people that's a given, but for some people that's not. And, that, you know, that's okay. But I think the way that this country responds, especially in the next four years, to, you know, not just COVID-19, right, but just so many different things, what direction we go in terms of healthcare, what direction we go in terms of, you know, student debt, in terms of, uh, you know, criminal justice reform, all of these different things, immigration reform, gun reform, gun control. Um, I think there's a lot of different things happening and the way that this country responds to that in the next four years are going to be critical in whatever field um, gap year students are interested in going into. And it's going to touch any field that you plan to go into. So a lot of people say, you know, well, I just don't really like politics. I don't really, it, it doesn't really affect me. I think that is sort of the biggest lie people tell themselves because no matter what you want to do, politics is affecting you because politics is what you do. It's the taxes you pay. It's the building that your company has rented for you to do the work that you're doing, right? And so it's, it's every sort of layer of life. Mm. And I think that in working for a campaign or in working for a movement, you're part of that vision, right? Like you're part of that journey as a country. And what an honor and what a privilege and what an amazing opportunity to be invested in that so tangibly as, as volunteering for a campaign or, or a movement. So I think that's, that's sort of my pitch. It's like, why, why not do it? Why not have such a direct role in, in changing the course of, of our country? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, as someone who I live in Vermont, um, and so the national level politics game is kind of a done deal here. But we have a really interesting um, kind of dynamic when it comes to local and state politics um, that can provide a really, really fascinating opportunity for a student who wants who is in Vermont or a similar similarly like blue state, solidly blue state. But we still have a Republican mm. governor and we have, you know, we have solidly blue representation at the national level but um but on, on our like you know local official level and, and things like that there's a lot of movement um and mm -hmm. and it's just a very interesting place in that way too so i think that you know people definitely should look at those those uh positions on at you know local level and state level races for other types of experience totally totally yeah so it sounds like i think that you know one of the biggest things i think gap year students will T say to themselves when they're thinking about getting involved in politics it's like where do I start or I don't have any experience so how could I possibly join a political campaign and one of the things that I'm hearing from you is that's fine a lot of what they need are people who are have a good attitude and are willing to do the work and are willing to like throw themselves in so what do you feel like are kind of the steps of reaching out to campaigns or even even at a more basic level identifying like where you want to put your energy so to get involved in 
a political movement, I think the first step is to identify where you want to work and what specific direction you want to go in in that organization. So whether that's census work, which is really important, um, or you know climate you know, climate justice work, um, which I think a lot of different grassroots organizations do, and a lot of campaigns have as their sort of main platform. So the first step is to really think about, you know, who do I want to work for? What movement do I want to dedicate myself to? And, you know, what's going to really wake me up in the morning? Because that's sort of the privilege you have as a gap year student is you have all this time to do something that you really, really want to do. And you're not, you know, tied to any one thing. So I think really spend time choosing what you want to do. And from that step, once you've decided, you know, narrowed it down to three things, say it's like the presidential race, if you're taking a gap year during one, a Senate race or congressional race, you know, whether that's like a specific campaign or whether it's a specific movement, you know, say you've narrowed it down to three different ones, then just start networking like crazy. I mean, seriously, just look up every single person you could possibly know up to like fourth contact to a person who is somehow involved in that campaign and just start sending emails. I mean, just really start networking. That's my biggest advice is to try to find some sort of in um, beyond just the application online, because I think that will help you, you know, I, I think that will definitely help students. And that's that's what I did. Um, and then from there, even if it's a really, really small contact, you can, th you've planted the seed and you have an opportunity to grow. So I think that would be my first advice is just to network um, after you spent a lot of time choosing what you want to dedicate your time to. Yeah, that's really good advice. So you also interned for Senator Elizabeth Warren. So the interesting thing about your work uh, with a senator is that it was kind of two-pronged. You, you interned for her uh, Senate office, which is a, a different position, not election campaign related, but then you also volunteered on her campaign. So I'm really curious as to what is different about, you know, working in a political uh, sphere when it's not not focused on election work and how that's different and how that might be beneficial to students who are listening a year or two from now to this episode. Mm -hmm. um, well, I love her. <laughs> I would die for that woman. So it was amazing. Um, and so that's another thing, you know, I, my internship, an internship with any senator or congressional office is sort of the same. You, I mean, it will change depending on who you work for, but to a large extent, it's as follows. You take phone calls, constituent correspondences in the forms of phone calls, letters, and emails. You could potentially be involved in casework, so helping the staff um, you know, uh, work on social, social security benefits or veterans benefits or you know, issues with healthcare or you know, issues mm -hmm. with housing. Um, and then also you're helping with, you know, for in, in my case, I was able to help with local meetings and and work with you know small businesses and stuff like that so that's the work that i did for senator elizabeth warren in springfield massachusetts where she has a district office so that work was completely separate from the campaign and it was very important to the campaign that we not talk about the campaign not talk about funding not talk about zero 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 to do with 2020 or mm -hmm. her at the time um, re-election campaign so lots of things were happening at the same time but then volunteering for her, I literally just did, uh, you know, as I had free time. So I would jump into phone banks online or Canvas on some weekends with friends. And so that work was very unofficial and um, just with, with my own time and, and just drive to have Elizabeth Warren be president. So, so that work was um, more, yeah, unofficial. Yeah. 
if students are interested in doing Senate work or congressional work, a lot of that work is kind of boring, right? Like you're answering emails or you're opening or sorting mail or, you know, doing sort of very groundwork stuff. But if you're so passionate about the person who you're working for, it really doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, you get to say, you know, my boss is Cory Booker or my boss is, you know, Kamala Harris or my boss is Chris Coons, right? Like it, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter because you're so driven. Yeah. I love that. Um, so one other thing that I've been thinking about lately is, you know, we 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 talked we started this conversation by talking about how to get volunteer or internship or fellowship with little with no political experience. But on the other the other side of the coin is that young people bring their own unique set of skills um, to a campaign or to a political as to a political appointee or a political staffer or a politician. So um, curious what you think how people can market themselves. You know, I'm sure that campaigns are looking for ways to reach out to younger people or who who are looking for people who are technically savvy or social media Mm -hmm. savvy. What do you think Mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, I think that that's really important. And and when we, you know, I remember making my first ever CV and it was so bad. (laughs) It was so, so, so bad because I just kept thinking to myself, you know, how could I, I have zero experience, right? Like zero, zero, zero experience. I think that we underestimate the power of social media and we also underestimate how little people know about technology and how important it is to daily operational work. And so if you have had any Excel work PowerPoint experience, presentation skills, you've been on a debate team, you've done Model UN, you've, um, you know, done some kind of outreach work for a local chapter organization. All of that is is very much, you know, CV-ifiable. <laughs> I don't know if that's, mm-hmm. that's definitely not Or at right. least cover letter-ifiable, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And so all of this, you know, the most important thing on a campaign, aside from, you know, concrete skills that you have, is your personal story. Um, And that will be something that I think um, students have more experience with once they become, you know, organizers or volunteers. But even if you're just going like door to door to people, right, which is a lot of the work that you'd be doing for a presidential campaign, people are going to ask you, well, why should I vote for Elizabeth Warren? Right? Or why should I vote for Hillary Clinton? And you have about 30 seconds to really sell that person on your movement, your candidate, you know, why they should vote. Because I think what's also important to remember is voting, there's a cost to voting, right? Time and energy. And it's something that Americans say to themselves that they don't really have. And so it's your job as the person who is getting out the vote to inspire people to do something that they otherwise may not do. And your personal story, I think, is very important to that. And so thinking about, you know, whether that's the fact that you're a first generation college student and it's really important to you that student debt is canceled or that your parent has struggled with, you know, a a health issue and Medicare for all is something that is very personal to you or that you have an incarcerated parent and, you know, you know, to have a, a personal connection to the issue or to have just a personal passion for the issue. And that personal story, I think, is something that you can tell prospective employers. And if you say it well, you're articulate, you know, you're passionate, you're driven, you're free labor, and you also have these technical skills, 
that's a CV, right? That's a starting CV. Um, and so I, I would tell students not to really worry about whether they have all the necessary things on their CV because I think, you know, preparation meets opportunity, but opportunity, I'm going to say this especially for women and, you know, marginalized communities comes from preparation. And so if you've prepared in the sense of, you know, finding a network and finding contacts and you have that moment to really sell yourself, sell yourself on what you know, right? Like just sell yourself on the fact that you know how to use Instagram, you know how to use Pinterest, you know, you know how to create graphic design and you may not have official experience, but you're willing to learn. Right. I think just market yourself with your passion, your drive and the, you know, whatever skills you have. Yeah. So are there some organizations uh, that aren't necessarily connected to a candidate, a specific candidate that you think are doing great work and that you would encourage people to investigate further? Yeah, I think there's a, there's definitely a bunch. So I would say that the top ones that I I think are, are sort of evergreen, say outside of this 2020 moment, Emily's List uh, works with pro-choice uh, candidates for president or you know any any people who are running for office. So Emily's List run for something. The ACLU does incredible work in a lot of different spheres. So you could, um, you know, say they say you have a specific issue that you're really passionate about. They might have a, a certain chapter that, you know, you would be very compatible with. Uh, Black Lives Matter does really, really good work. March for Our Lives um, and the Brady campaign do a lot of gun control reform work. Um, there's census work like the Fair Fight, which is what um, Stacey Abrams is working on, which right. does election reform and voter engagement. Um, and then there's also like local chapters of the Democratic Party. Um, so, for example, when I worked for Hillary's campaign, I did so um, through the New Hampshire Democratic Party. And so I was actually also able to work with a lot of different local races for Congress and Senate at the time. So when Maggie Hassan was running for Senate, I also did some volunteer work for her because I was working uh, within the NHDP office. Yeah, that's a really good point. Awesome. And then there's also, um, if you go to election2020gapyear.com, we have a big directory of other organizations that are organizing around various issues and we categorized it by subject. So uh, all the ones that Franny just mentioned are there as well as lots of others. So check that out if you, and that'll be in the show notes as well. So Franny, how do you feel like your gap year and your subsequent political experience have informed this moment in time as you're getting ready to graduate college? and go out into the world, um, what are your plans? Assuming things will return back to normal. <laughs> so yes, and assuming things go back to normal. Um, I think that you know the three lessons that I learned in my early experience with the Hillary campaign was that if you have a positive attitude and say yes to every and any job you're given and you do those things really well, you're guaranteed lots and lots of opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing that I learned is that you can and should, must, ask for a meeting with every single person in the organization that you could possibly think of up to Hillary Clinton, right? Mm -hmm. So I made a list of every single person in our office and in the headquarters office that I wanted to have coffee with before I left. And I got a meeting up to the state director wow, of New Hampshire. Wow, that's awesome. Such good advice. <laughs> so, and really, like the worst thing that somebody is ever going to say to you is no. And the best thing that they're going to say is yes. And that's a win-win because if they say no, you haven't lost anything. You weren't going to meet with them anyway if you, if you wouldn't have asked. And if they say yes, you get a meeting. 
And those people have stayed contacts for me and people that I'm friends with on Facebook and people that I feel comfortable messaging and asking for professional advice. And I've done that in every single internship that I've had. And I've met with almost the head of every organization that I've um, interned with. So I, I, and I'm not anything special. I'm no, I'm no different than any gap year student applying for a gap year, right? Like that's just, so that's, I think, advice for, for anybody interested in doing political work is just mm-hmm. fight your way through the door. And once you're in, keep fighting. Um, and so, so that's, and, and what I, what do I plan to do now? That's a really good question. So my interests have sort of shifted to the Middle East. I study Arabic and um, I'm really interested in going into foreign policy um, analysis and advising. Um, my dream job, uh, no, I'm going to say it with confidence. My dream job is to be Secretary of State. Um, and so so that's, that's sort of the journey. And I'm trying to push through as many doors to make that a reality. Um, and then the other thing I, I want to leave people with is just the importance of fighting for something you believe in. Uh, when Elizabeth Warren stopped her 2020 race, I was very, 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 very sad. Um, I was triggered into, you know, my feelings of 2016 when Hillary Clinton lost. Mm. And I also just felt, you know, women are so, so underestimated in the political arena. And here was a woman who was so prepared, so ready to go, you know, just so overly qualified for this job once again. And she she lost and then like always she comes out with this letter to her supporters and i just if it's okay i want to read a very short sentence from it um and she says choose to fight only righteous fights because then when things get tough and they will you will know that there is only one option ahead of you nevertheless you persist and so as you're going into your gap year and you're really thinking about what kind of change you want to be a part of, just know that the change that you believe in is the right change to be a part of. And, you know, as soon as you get into that door and you start working, work hard with a smile on your face and know that you're in the right space because it's one that drives you and inspires you to keep doing it every single day. Brandy, that is the, you know, I don't know how we're going to pick out any quotes to put on our, our Instagram and stuff from this interview, because you've given such good advice and so many good quotes. <laughs> and so I think we will, we will probably pull a lot of them out and put them in the show notes. But um, thank you so much for taking the time with us. And I oh, think you're yes. going to inspire a lot of young people who are on the fence about either taking a gap year or whether or not to dedicate some or all of their gap time to causes and people that they believe in. So thank you so much for your, your wisdom. Yeah. Of course. And, and I also just wanted to say that I did, a, um, I did a campaign for the summer before my gap year and the summer after my gap year. But I also just want to stress that the things that I did in the middle were also really important. Mm. And were, I, think, I think they were very much inspired by the work that I did on the campaign. And I did a better job of being present in those spaces because I knew the consequences of elections. And I understood that so clearly after the work I did for Hillary. And then to see the difference in myself as a person at the beginning versus at the end was also a very cool thing to watch. And I became a better canvasser. I became a better speaker. I became a better researcher. I became a better worker after my gap year. Mm -hmm. And so I think also students shouldn't feel pressure to do some, you know, unless you really want to get into electoral politics. And then my advice would be, 
only do that, like literally just do your gap year fully on politics because the more experience you have at the beginning of your career, just the more doors will open for you later on. But if you're interested in campaigns, but you also want to do international stuff and you also want to do development work and you also want to do, you know, backpacking across Europe, like those things are also important. And so students shouldn't feel like this is the only time. I have this one year and oh my god there's just so much time and i just need to do the thing that is going to be best for humanity the thing that's best for humanity is for you to be the best version of yourself and if that means doing a little bit of campaign and then a little bit of something else and then a little bit of campaign again that's the right thing so i just i i don't want students to feel like you know elections are the only thing that matter and i need to do that only on my gap year because you can do elections all the time all the time so I don't know if that's counter advice to what the episode is about, but I just don't want. No, no, that's, I think yeah. that that's totally fine. Um, so thanks again for any, for being here and you can find Gap Year Radio in a lot of places. You can check out our website at gapyearradiopodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Gap Year Radio, and you can listen to this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple podcasts and Stitcher, as well as on our website. So if you have any questions uh, or comments about the show, you can email us at gapyearradio at gmail.com. And if you have a second, please leave us a review because it helps other people find the show. So um, Franny, we usually actually sign off our podcast by saying goodbye in another language. So I know that you're fluent in Russian and now probably Arabic as well. So do you want to, do you want to, you know, play us out on a, a nice way to say goodbye in one of those languages? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I will say baka in Russian. That means like bye. And uh, masalama in Arabic. Perfect. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye.